Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? everybody and welcome to her next chapter hey Steph hey Jules it's good to see you and hear you good to see you and hear you and we oh my gosh what a guest we have today (laughs) we do my friends we are so excited to welcome Rashini Rajkumar to her next chapter I'm really grateful to know Rashini, to be inspired by her and her work. Um, and we are just could not be more grateful to have her, you, Rashini, with us today. Um, most of you Twin Cityans know Rashini. She's, um, she's kind of everywhere, which is such a blessing to, to our city. Rashini is uh, a licensed attorney. She is a TV broadcaster. She is a radio broadcaster. And she took kind of all this knowledge and brilliance and, and as people continue to ask her for advice and help and how do I do this and how do I get out of this, um, she is now a C-suite strategist and crisis coach. Um, and so I am just really uh, excited to hear from Rashini and, and to share her story with all of you um, and and. And she is kind of like the picture of reinvention, really. Um, And so, Rashini, thank you for being with us today. And our our first kind of lead-in question um, that you will undoubtedly expand on and and share more of your story with us, but um, what does reinvention mean to you? Reinvention. (laughs) Mic drop, mic drop. Yeah, and it's an interesting term because I think it has positive as well as negative connotations. And I think in most people's worlds, you're presented with opportunities to not only reinvent yourself if, you know, in a big picture way, but you're also presented with almost yearly opportunities to reinvent how you do certain things. So you may not reinvent your whole persona or your whole career, but you may decide to drop or add certain things to your plate. So those are, I think, many moments of reinvention, maybe you could call them. But really, it's taking what you have in front of you, knowing all of the talents and skills and experience you bring to the table. And that's the thing I'd want all people, men and women, to really own, right? And I always say, own your wow. Own those things that you bring to the table, your differentiators. And when you see some openings for new things or you're presented either with an opportunity or a challenge. How do you take what you already know, what you're good at, your own sweet spots, and reinvent that into something that's better for you and better for the world? So in a broad brush, 
it doesn't have to be a major shift of career or going from you know working out in the workplace to staying home with kids to then going back it doesn't need to be as drastic as, as some of those can be it can be well i'm going to be a part-time stay-at-home mom but i'm going to keep my writing or my photography on the side so i'm continuing to have an income or put my talents out into the world. So I look at all of that as strategy because I am a strategist uh, first and foremost. And uh, with my business, which uh, in 2021 celebrated 15 years, I really have evolved it into a focus on C-suite and other strategic leaders with strategy as well as crisis. And many of those clients, most of those clients, I'm also doing some media coaching. So. My past life as a television reporter has really lent itself to the past 15 years of this executive coaching. And I fell in love with talk radio while I was in TV news, which is a world I left as a reporter more than 15 years ago. But I fell in love with talk radio and part of my business strategy as a business owner from 2006 was to one day get my own radio show. I didn't exactly know then how that would happen, but I started networking right off the get-go in radio and then eventually did get my own show after a few years of other connections to WCCO radio in the Twin Cities market from 2007 through about 2010. In 2012, I got my own show, Real Talk with Rashini, and it has been just wonderful uh, going on nine years now of that show uh, to really feature uh, people who are wows as well as regular folks or different newsmakers on the show and go deep into topics that are of interest and can really help people live their lives better. That's awesome. I wonder, I have a, I have a question just when you think about uh, Real Talk with Rashini, I wonder if there is a guest, someone you had on that wowed you their either their story um their advice what they shared i just wonder if there was i'm just guessing after nine years there, there's probably a ton of wonderful feedback you could share with our listeners um but i'm curious if you could share with us kind of a key learning a key wow moment well stephanie that's such a tough question because nine years of the show 24 years as a broadcaster i mean i've interviewed my past life as a TV reporter, and then now as a talk show host and a podcast host, so many amazing people. One person, I mean, there isn't just one, let's just put it that way, but I think some of your listeners might like to hear about a couple of my favorite interviews as a talk show host. So I'll, I'll separate it from when I was a TV reporter because in my TV life, I interviewed Garth Brooks, I interviewed uh, Bob Dole, I interviewed Elizabeth Dole, I interviewed all these different people in all these different states and um, amazing heroes and local citizens all over the country. But since I got the radio show, a couple key interviews that really touched me, one was, was Ariana Huffington. And it was just as her Thrive book was coming out. And, you know, she has that brilliant accent and she's telling us to sleep more and, you know, all of that. Another was the original Black Klansman, Ron Stallworth. And I interviewed him as that movie by Spike Lee was coming out. He had written the New York Times bestseller. That book is based on his life. And it was long before all of what we're living in now, the brew of DEI focus and all of this. But 
But Ron Stallworth was a real hero in the early 70s in Colorado Springs as the first black officer there. And then the things that they did undercover, uh, infiltrating the KKK, very fascinating. That interview is on my website, ownyourwow.com. Feel free to look it up. It's there. I'm very excited. I, I go back and listen to it every once in a while just for inspiration myself. And then like the grand poobah, or I don't know, the female version of that, I did interview Madeline Albright. Uh -huh. And she was pretty darn amazing. And that was a special time. She was coming to the University of Minnesota to speak at the Humphrey Institute. And she was only going to give two interviews ahead of her visit. And I was one of the only two that she did ahead of the visit. And I worked hard to get that on my own. And she was just brilliant. And I threw her, I didn't know I was throwing her a bit, but the last question I asked her was what she did for fun. And it was almost like she had nothing to say for that. Like, what do you mean fun? And she did end up saying that she has fun with her grandkids and everything, but you could just tell this woman, like everything she does, every waking moment has purpose, right? And I think I kind of threw her with that question, but it was just an honor for me to interview Madeline Albright. So. Awesome. It's hard because I, I could have lists and lists of people who impress me, people who inspire me, as well as regular heroes, women and men and children who I get the honor to interview. And I call it an honor that they come on my show and they're open to being open and they get real with me. They, they do. And I've had a lot of those moments also on the Real Leaders with Rashini podcast where people have cried, they've, they've laughed, they've talked about their sex life. I mean, they, you know, I, I got Tina Smith and President Senator Smith and President Joan Gable to share their favorite swear word. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are those moments that you can do on podcasts, which I'm sure uh, you too have had a lot of since you launched this great podcast. For sure. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about the your journey? So Julie mentioned you've done some reinventions, um, but I wonder if you could kind of just take us through, take our listeners through the, the what and the why. So as you move through your career and, and probably a little bit of the how, we have a lot of listeners who are um, right at that place where they're stuck and they're trying to figure out, okay, I'm in my corporate job. I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life, but I'm not sure how to get to wherever it is I want to go. So I wonder if you could share a little bit about how you kind of moved through your career. Absolutely. And Stephanie, first, I need to focus on that word stuck that you said. So a real quick tip when you're feeling stuck and it, it ne doesn't necessarily solve like your whole grand, what am I going to do next? But if you're in those moments of spinning and feeling stuck, do something that you love, even if it's for 30 minutes. And I mean, even this morning, I wanted to go for a four mile run. I ran out of time. I wasn't feeling stuck, but I ran out of time. And my dog, I'm trying to train this puppy to run with me. And he, he's not up to four miles yet. We've done two miles, but I thought, well, I can both get in a run and give him a training. And we did a two and a half mile run uh, before I joined you today. So it was really both like it was so invigorating it's gorgeous outside it was good for him it was good for me so whatever that thing is that makes you feel good maybe it's calling up a friend uh, maybe it's getting your chai tea latte or something else that you can have that moment that's just yours of joy 
-hmm. And that just opens up the brain to getting a little less stuck. So the path, it was an interesting one. I, if I go all the way back to college years, I went to college planning to be a trial attorney. And then by the time my last semester of college, final semester of college was upon me, I had made the decision I wanted to go into TV news. So this is not something your South Asian mom wants to hear, okay? <laughs> Lawyer was already kind of lower than doctor or engineer and she had accepted that. So this was sort of blowing her mind, but I stuck to my guns and I uh, graduated from college, took a year off to do television internships because I hadn't done that during college, studied for uh, the LSAT exam, did my law school applications. I did go to law school. I do keep my license current, though I don't practice. I use the skills though all the time in my work. I, I know how to read my contracts. I know how to write contracts, all these other things. And um, I didn't really know exactly how that first TV reporting job would come along, but I knew that if I stayed focused on this long game that I had in mind, you know, my, my long game plan, which is, is really big. Long game is really what I'm about. And I didn't know way back then in the late nineties that one day I'd be a strategist, but that's really what strategy is, is how do you decipher between short term and long game and uh, doing it well and, and seeing different gaps and all that kind of some things. And so I, took that risk on myself that, okay, I'll figure this out. I mean, I even worked in a law firm summer after my second year of law school and was offered a good job for a year later after graduation, which does not happen in TV news. And my mom was like, just do this for a while, pay back your law school debt. And I was just like, no, I can't do that. I need to keep on charging ahead. So believing in yourself and in that long game, but not blindly, like you do need to get some facts and have some mentors and have advisors and have people that are willing to challenge you and you're willing to listen to, right? For Very sure. important. So then I, you know, I started my TV career in Fargo, North Dakota. I was a reporter and worked my way up into different size markets. And my last television market was the NBC in Detroit. And at the time when I was there, it was the um, 10th, I believe it was the 10th biggest market in the country. Mm. It's since lost some population. So it's gone down in market size, but and prior to that, uh, prior to Detroit, I was in Minneapolis. So I was in a few different markets, worked my way up, loved that part of my life. Television news still informs everything that I do for myself, for my clients, even how I interview. So many of my interviews before I got my radio show were while I was in TV news. And you had to do things in tight deadline sort of situations and get information out of people, get them to trust you and answer questions, right? So when I made the decision to leave television news in early 2006, I didn't necessarily have all the answers, but I knew that I was leaving TV news and I was coming back to Minneapolis and I had already done TV news here as a reporter. I didn't want to do, try doing that again. So the last six months of my time in Detroit is when I formulated and networked and talked with advisors and got advice, talked with my accountant. Uh, about starting this business and what would that mean? And, and so I was a true startup because you don't leave TV news with clients. So I was a true startup and I knew that I'm comfortable communicating on stages, uh, on the airwaves. So that became part of my service offerings, MC work, key, keynote work. And then I created the coaching content that I teach, 
whether it's media speak, media coaching, or communicate that uh, presence and strategy coaching. I created all of those and certainly along the way have developed them and have winnowed down the target markets that I'm trying to get as clients. So, you know, so that first major moment of change and making a decision to change, which you may call reinvention and that's perfectly fine. It was, you're leaving one thing, you're going to next, what is your game plan? And so that's what it was. And, and so everything I, I don't really think I do all these different things. Everything I do is about powerful presence, strategy, and communication, whether I'm communicating on stage or on the airwaves, or I'm coaching someone behind the scenes to be strategic or to avoid crisis or to go on CNN and not make a fool of themselves and get the company sued or the stock price going down. So it all really connects with that same thing. And the thing that has stayed constant is that I love interviewing. And I like to think no one can beat me on an interview in that how I prepare, the kinds of things I'm willing to ask, and the kinds of things my subjects usually will answer. And it isn't just about a list of questions. It's about listening. It's about finding what makes them tick. So on the Real Leaders with Rashini podcast, one of the questions I would wind down with is if you were a drink or a cocktail or a spirit, what would you be? And that always kind of surprised people, but it was a really fun answer. And then people started, they'd listen to past episodes, so they'd know that. So I had to change up my final question. So that's when I got into the swear word, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but it has been a really amazing journey. And I find it an honor to be able to ask questions. And I'm also honored when my executive clients let me in and they take my advice and I'm really behind the scenes. I'm their secret weapon, but they take my advice and I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm their accountability partner, but I'm also their biggest fan. And I see the gaps and I see the landmines. And part of that has to do with the fact that I was an investigative reporter in Detroit. I was that person that sometimes ambushed you with a camera and a microphone. I know that that probably didn't feel well, but I, good, but I, I was the one who did that. So now when I prep a client for any kind of interview, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm always wanting to make the client look good, sound good. Same when I'm emceeing or moderating. I'm always about making sure you look good on the Zoom or you look good on stage. And, you know, I, in fact, I'm going to be emceeing and moderating a half day women's forum coming up. And uh, I've told, I've asked what are the technical details. Are, we're on stage, we're in person, distanced. There will be high stools. I said, all right, ladies, no skirts, wear pants, no skirts and dresses. It just gets a little strange. So those are the kinds of things that I say because I know I've seen when you don't pay attention to that and I want to protect people and make them look good and, and enjoy the experience. So it's been, it's been a journey. It's been fun. And even the last few years, as I've really honed in on strategic leaders and C-suite executives, that's been a point of maybe pivoting or reinvention and really fine tuning and really owning the fact that I have the expertise I've coached high-powered high people in different industries. I am a licensed attorney. I'm a broadcaster. You're not going to get that in many other, you know, packages. And so it's really about saying, I'm going to take that risk on myself and put myself out there mainly for that kind of audience when it comes to my coaching. And it's been really fun and it's been really productive and wonderful to see the kind of clients that come to me and trust me 
to find solutions or just be there, the person to push them to the next level? When somebody is in a position where they're like, okay, I want to make a change or, you know, reinvent myself or whatever we want to call it. Um, there are a lot of, as Stephanie was saying earlier, in terms of, of getting stuck, people maybe don't know which way to turn. And I love how you said, you know, pick something that makes you feel good, right? And and brings you joy. And that sometimes can can unlock, um, you know, the, that stuck feeling. But if can you tell us about some times where you where you have experienced some challenges and, and maybe that turned out to be, you know, great, great lessons for you. Um, but, you know, to, to speak to our listeners about how you've overcome some challenges in, in your career um, and how you've moved through them. Julie, you know, I will say that it, it's never always a rose garden, right? I mean, absolutely. There have been downs and there have been heartaches and, I'm just not one. It's just my personality. It's partly being Asian. We don't really talk about that stuff openly. I'm not going to sit and publicize all of that, but it's happened. Absolutely. And what I can say is those times, those downtimes are what really help you value the uptimes. And I'm blessed to have some amazing friends. I mean, my very best friends have been with me, aside from a couple kind of new friends who have become close in the last couple of years, my various best friends are like decades long friends. And I also was fortunate to, to meet a guy who I eventually married. We've been together 11 years, married almost five, and he is such a rock. And that's one of the best pieces of advice I can give. If you do, if you are wanting to be in a committed relationship with someone, find someone who compliments you, find someone who celebrates you. And don't just be with someone to be with someone to have a plus one, because I can tell you, like, I'm my own party. I'm, I'm born to a woman who's a party in a box, you know, and has lived through her own hardship. My father died when I was 11. My stepfather died uh, in 2018. I mean, my mom became a widow twice. The woman is still full of joy. So you have to have those kind of people in your life, right? And I saw a quote recently on an Instagram account quoting something that Morgan Freeman liked to quote. It wasn't his quote, but I love it. And I used it. You might've seen it in my anniversary, 15 year anniversary email. It's don't, don't take criticism from people you wouldn't go to for advice. That's the paraphrase, but it's not exact, but that's the paraphrase. And that just hit me. And that was just the beginning of February. I saw that and I'm like, wow, I love that. But you do need to be able to take constructive feedback. It's just who do you trust to give you that? Who doesn't have an ulterior motive? Who isn't jabbing at you? Who isn't jealous of you? That's really the million dollar couple questions. And I have pretty good BS radar, but you know, I've also been fooled and I continue to face discrimination, both as a woman, as an Asian American woman, I continue to be underrated by some people. And you know what? In any world, I would rather be underrated than overrated. So I am okay with that. And I don't do what I do for accolades or awards. I do what I do because I recognize I have a skill set. I have some talents. I have experience. And there are so many people out there that can benefit from the platforms that I have and that I've grown. And that's why the radio show is such a blessing in my world. 
And that's also why I love doing what I do as a coach, even though that's behind the scenes. And if you know about it, it's because a client has shared it. But I really find that that's how I can put my skill set out there. Because when it comes to challenges, I mean, I'm not making a million dollars a year. I'm still striving for that, right? But I have freedom every day when I wake up. And when I look in the mirror, there's nothing unethical I'm looking at. And that is what is really important to me. So when I left TV news in 2006 to start my own business, it wasn't because I wanted to start a business. That was the last thing I ever wanted to do. It was, let me create the life I want to live. Let's see what this journey turns out. And it has had ups and downs and twists and turns, but it's also had so many amazing days and years and silver linings and moments and the people, you know, I mean, I find a lot of joy in the fact that if anyone asks me for almost, oh, I need to talk to this kind of person, Rashini, I could likely connect you. Whether you need a job or you want to feature them yourself for this podcast, or you just want to uh, showcase or get advice from this kind of rock star person, I feel blessed that I can be that Rolodex for you should you need it. And it's because I believe in relationships. And it's not a tit for tat. It's not quid pro quo. And you don't, uh, you don't always uh, get everything going your way. But you do get what you give. Eventually, you do get what you give. And, you know, I lived through some things last year, and especially earlier this year with some of the interviews I've done that have been deemed controversial. And my whole thing is, look, I'm a conduit between the audience and the guest. I am not here to tell you how to hear this person but I have a platform and I'm going to give every kind of person equal respect to voice who they are. And then you be the judge, but I'm not going to judge the people who sit across the mic from me, or in this case, across the phone line or the zoom call. And that's really one of my differentiators. I'm right down the middle. I am just, I'm nonpartisan. I'm a humanist. I think all lives matter. And I wish we would all treat each other that way. And if we do, that's going to be the beginning of success for us in our own individual communities, as well as across the world. And that's what I will continue to champion. And some people have said to me with some of the interviews I've done, uh, you're really brave. I can't believe it's not brave. I mean, I, I go back to my journalistic days when I was a reporter. You take people as you find them, you ask them their side of the story or their story, and you put that out there. And I just feel blessed that I have a platform that I can put that out there on my show and people can listen, people can share those interviews and, but people make up their own minds, right? So in this, in this whole journey of now 15 years as a business person, nearly 25 as a broadcaster, I will say one of my big things to everybody out there, all of your listeners is don't be offended if someone has an opinion of you that you don't like, and maybe you don't even know their opinion of you is their opinion, but don't let anyone tell you who you are. Only you can. That's awesome. And I completely agree. Yes. (laughs) So I have two questions that I just have to ask. Um, The first one is, okay, what is your favorite drink? (laughs) And the second one is I what is your favorite swear word? Like what that I have to know now. 
Stephanie, you are turning it around on me. I love it, girl. Martini is my favorite drink. The martini. I, vodka martini. Vodka martini. Vodka martini. Got martini. It. Um, very cold, very dry. Olives can be in there, but I don't like olives. I don't mind the flavor. I don't eat them. The funny thing on my martini journey that I think you'll appreciate is I was a, an apple teeny gal until the hubby came into my world in 2010. He not only taught me how to make a martini, but he now anything that's sweet and a martini, I can't drink. So he taught that's me the awesome. traditional martini. I do prefer vodka to gin. I'll drink a gin martini, but I prefer vodka to gin. Very dry up, very cold. And you know, Grey Goose, Tito's, Prairie. I'm not that picky. I like a better vodka, but hey. So, <laughs> and the favorite swear word is, like the only swear word I use, unfortunately, is the F-bomb. And I think it's partly, well, I'm not going to blame my late father for this, but so they, you know, came from Sri Lanka. I was born in Sri Lanka and they at one time were a British colony. And, you know, the, the Brits say bloody this and bloody that, you know, you've heard that. Mm -hmm. So I grew up hearing my dad saying that. And I think that's how I use the F term, like in place of bloody this or bloody that. Not good, not good, but and in, in TV in, in the world of TV news from my past, there were a lot of there's a lot of swearing that goes on. I don't know if people realize that. So <laughs> just all of that. I mean, it's you know it's bad when your husband is telling you, cut out the swearing, babe, you know. So <laughs> I've gotten better. And don't worry, I don't I open mic, you know, when there's an open mic, I, there's no swearing that happens. So I love it. I love so, it. So, Roshini, um, okay, so you, I love how you talk about like the long game and, you know, the short term and, and figuring that out. Um, what, where are you sitting now in terms of, of your, of your longer game and what you're working on now and where you're, where you're hoping to go? Um, what's, what's next for you? Well, Julie, thanks for asking that. So for me right now, the strategic communication, you know, still continues as a crisis coach, but the blast of DEI focus that started in 2020 and will now be forever with us for my work has meant I'm conducting and coaching in this courageous conversation space. So some of my work is there and that involves either moderating town halls and events that bring together DEI practitioners to teach it to, let's say, an audience. Like I had a client last December that hired me to create a town hall uh, about racial inclusion. I brought together three DEI practitioners. We can certainly share that link with your listeners. And they were rock stars. And, you know, from creating the panel to executing the questions to delivering them on the town hall. And they had hundreds of people registered for that event. And it was really well received. And that was me being hired to do that and create that content for a client. Other clients will hire me to do courageous conversations within the organization. So whether it's senior leadership or even a, a, an entire company, there was a tech company that hired me last year for uh, their whole company of 30 people. And they wanted to really understand how to do this better. And so I taught them my, my communication formula, the IAP formula, and how to use it in these other settings and how to really do deep audience analysis 
because that's where it lives. You know, that's where communication excellence lives is how well do we know our audience? How well then do we turn around and communicate to that audience so that we accomplish our intent? And so those kinds of courageous conversations, I'm very passionate about doing. I'd love to do more of them. And it's interesting because I'm finding my own mixed bag of sometimes because I'm not a black vendor, I'm not being hired for DEI services, which blows my mind because hello, I'm a brown vendor, but that shouldn't even matter. <laughs> I'm a strategist, I'm a communicator. So I'm really trying to get these courageous conversations out there. The ones that I have done so far have been received well. And, and you know, it also gives a safe space for leaders to turn it over to someone like me. They're part of the coaching themselves and they're saying to their teams, we all need to do this. And we all need to learn how to communicate better with each other internal audiences, external audiences. So that's a real passion uh, content service for me right now. As far as a broadcaster, still trying to land the interview with the Dalai Lama. That is, uh, and I know there are people out there who have, have interviewed the Dalai Lama. I would like to. Uh, I've sort of tabled working on that, but that's out there. And uh, just, you know, continuing to grow my show and the, and the kinds of uh, topics we're doing and, and stay relevant with that. Uh, we launched Discover Minnesota with Rashini on the WCCO Radio Facebook page, and that explores different cities, uh, mainly outside the Twin Cities, but different cities all over and all the wonderful things they have to offer. And that's a sponsored show, but what's great is the sponsors select amazing people within each of those cities. And so the people I interview aren't the client, they are huge advocates for their town, like the city of Melrose. I interviewed the mayor and he's just this amazing guy in a town of 4,000 talking about the Genio plant there and uh, the boat come, I mean, all these Land Lakes has a plant there. So it's also a way that I can use that platform to get people to check out different parts of the state of Minnesota, not only to visit, but maybe to move there or get a job or reinvent in a new place. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So that's been really fun. So finding those real focused ways as a host and a broadcaster to get great content to people. And we're really in an on-demand environment. So I love that the Discover Minnesota with Rashini show, people can watch on Facebook when they want to. I mean, it drops every week on Thursday at 3 p.m., but you don't need to watch it then. You can watch it anytime you want. And uh, that has been wonderful. And, you know, just some other projects in the works that I can't get into yet. But, you know, TV is always my thing. And I do commentary locally as well as around the country on leadership presence and political and legal analysis. And some of those things have been really, really uh, fun to do. And it's great to also hear what broadcasters in other markets are asking. For example, recently I was interviewed about the Chauvin trial and they wanted my feedback, not only as a licensed attorney, but as a resident of Minneapolis and how it's affecting me. So I feel an obligation to be factually correct and legally correct when I talk about stories like that. That makes sense. So, okay, it, it, it's, I love how, like, it seems like you're, you have a really beautiful merging of like work, but you use the word fun when you talk about work which is really cool. And I think, um, you know, it, it's like you, you talk about it with a smile on your face. And so you can feel how passionate you are. Um, 
about what you do and that it is really kind of a, a mix up. I mean, there's like the work as like, okay, got to work and pay the bills and whatever, but the, but the joy that, that, I mean, you can't see Roshini, but we can. And I mean, really like you, when you talk about your work, it's really, it's a beautiful thing to see that joy and passion there. So, but aside from the joy and passion that you have about your work, what, what else do you do for fun? We're going to, we're going to just twist this right back on you because you've, you've given us this, uh, this good interviewing material. So now we are going to use it. <laughs> really fun is actually part of my brand. So back in 2006, when I did some branding work, it is one of my three branding words. So it really helps guide me not only in work, but in life as to if I feel negative energy coming at me, I try to run because it's not going to be fun. And even how I coach communication, I want it to be fun for you because if you can become a better communicator, you're going to love it more. You're going to want to be out there more. So there is something fun about coaching it and teaching it. I am a distance runner. So I get a lot of fun from, I run with a running team and have for about a decade now. And it's really amazing because when you're doing speed work or a hill workout, it's great to have that team to meet. And uh, so that is fun for me. I have a puppy that's now nine and a half months, who's 55 pounds and just a love. And we are definitely dog people. Uh, happy hour is my favorite meal. So I'm really happy that most restaurants are, you know, increasing capacity and happy hours are open and patios are opening up this spring. So that is definitely fun for me. And I get a lot of, enjoyment from seeing other people win or just thrive and flourish. So it, it comes back to some of it that's in my work. And some of it is, you know, when you can have just a great encounter, even if it's not on the airwaves, but you have a great lunch with someone and that you just both leave feeling more invigorated. That's really fun. And I do love to travel and I can't wait to be able to get on a plane uh, to go to my home birthplace of Sri Lanka, which I haven't been to since I left at 22 months. So I'm really hoping that COVID restrictions go away so that I can go to Sri Lanka and see my birthplace. So that's really a, a big goal for me and my husband in the next year or so to be able to do. Nice. That's awesome. That sounds like fun. That does sound like fun. Thank you so oh, much. You so much. This has been amazing it's going to be when we go through and you know well mostly stephanie does this but go through and, and listen for the highlight clip i mean steph i i don't know like every other sentence is a highlight clip for machine i know i was gonna like try to like write down and then i'm like oh okay <laughs> pretty much pick we're gonna have to do this later because there's a lot happening and then julie you know this but you know i am pretty selfish on these podcasts because I'm always listening for the tidbit for me. I'm like, I that's me. Oh, me. <laughs> I need to do that. I need to do that. <laughs> um, so that does help guide when I think about highlights, but it's been so wonderful to hear from you, to hear your story, to hear your experiences. I feel inspired, inspired to you. think about my my vision. And as Julie said, to really think about how I continue to have fun doing it too. Um, and not letting haters or 
people who's who I would never go to for advice in the first place, having their opinion be impactful and how I feel about myself or the work that I'm doing. I think that's a powerful message to all of us, especially, you know, in this world now where literally anybody and everybody can give you their opinion um, of you or what you're doing. So thank you for reminding us of that. Um, thank you, Morgan Freeman, for reminding us of that too. Um, and thank you for spending your your time with us, Roshini. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for having me and what a wonderful podcast you have. And I know it is inspiring people already in, in the short duration you've had, you've had it. And it's going to just go on to even more of that. Wonderful. Good luck to you. We're sending you positive vibes. Listeners, yeah. everything you need to know in terms of connecting with Rashini will be in our show notes. Um, and we encourage you to do that. Uh, we encourage you. We'll have the links to, to some of the um, interviews as well. I think that would be fun for people to be able to see as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.